Hello, everybody. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. Bobby the Awesome here. And today I'm joined by Ella Kalujni, which sounds so wonderful. And she is going to talk to us today. Well, you know what? I'm not going to ruin the surprise. I'm going to let you introduce yourself and then we'll take it from there. Okay. Well, hi, everyone. And thank you so much, Bobby, for inviting me to your podcast and to have an opportunity to speak to your listeners and viewers. This is so wonderful. My name is Ala Kalushni, and I authored the book, Turning the Pages, how exploring my past lives led me on a journey of exploring and um, healing myself and healing my memories. Love it. So as as Ella just said, um, she used the methodology of of going back to her past lives uh, for my audience. So they know that I don't believe there's any one way to recovery. I love exploring all these different facets. So do you mind sharing with us when you said it healed you? Maybe talk us through how you discovered it was your past life and um, maybe you, whatever you're comfortable with, um, what did it heal? What did that look like? Do you mind taking us on your journey? Sure. I would love to um, let your listeners know where it all began. Well, first of all, I want to say that I immigrated from the Soviet Union, from Ukraine, from Kiev, and growing up in that socialist environment, of course, there was no subject about past lives. There was nothing that could mm-hmm. prepare me for uh, getting to know about past lives. I would start with what I wrote in my introduction part. Before my 40th birthday, I had a dream. And in the dream, my husband handed me a book. And he said, that looks more like a photo album. And he said, this is the book of your past lives. I made it for you. And he handed me this book. In the dream, I started opening the pages. In the first two pages, I I was able to recall. The first page was a picture of a rock, boulder, on the sun. The second picture was a picture of a bottle like a medieval bottle, and I supposedly I was there. The rest of the pages were either stuck together, I could not remember. When I woke up, the only thing that besides those two pages, I could remember the desire to see through the pages, but I could not open them. They were glued together. They were stuck together. Mm. That's why the name of my book is Turning the Pages. Love it. I was, by writing about those past lives, I was in a way turning the pages of that book of my past life that my husband handed me. Wow. So that was your first, that was your first anything about past lives was this dream. It was, it it was very obvious. I had read uh, Many Lives, Many Masters, Brian Weiss book that is many people familiar with. I also loved his book, Through Time Into Healings, which I identify with a lot of stories that he was talking about. So it was not the first, but something that I really put through 
that came through my subconscious mind, that was the first time. Okay. All right. Thank you for letting me interrupt. So what happened after the dream? Anytime you want to interrupt, please do. So you have the dream and then how does, what happens from there? From there, I started talking to people who knew more about dreams and I was asking questions. Why did I could not open the pages? Why could not open the pages? And people who were in the know and they said, because you were not ready to see. Probably the memory, the pictures were so traumatic. That's why it was it was closed. Maybe later on it will open. And they were right. As time went by, I was uh, I became a student at University of Santa Monica. It's a school of spiritual psychology. And through their study, through their learning, through their processes that I learned, many more past lives came to me during the classes. And I was able to, for example, one of the first one that came was being burned at the stake as a witch. I uh, physically experienced the heat coming from my feet. During the meditation time, when we were in class, and I, it was very traumatic. I was able to work through this past life. Then other lifetimes came, and I, little by little, they were opening up, but they were only glimpses either of death that I had, or a glimpse of what happened. For example, a little little information and through writing the book I was able to channel to write down to tap into those people who my soul was before Mm -hmm. so this time I incarnated into Allah but in previous lifetimes I was male as well as a female I even counted that I had Six females, seven males, and one rock. That was my first incarnation on this planet. Was the rock. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you used a term. I have I have a bunch of questions going, but I want to simplify it a little. Spiritual psychology. So you went to class, you said, for this. Yes, I, I went to school. It was a master's program. I have a master's degree in spiritual psychology. Okay. I didn't even know that was a formal thing until meeting you. So um, that's very interesting. And you were describing in class having access to this. So can anybody access their past lives? Well, anybody can access their past lives. The question is whether they recognize that is a past life, whether they know what to do with this information. So I would suggest if, you know, we all have deja vu or many of us, I cannot say all, but many of us have deja vu experiences. Come to the place you don't know where, but you feel like you were there before. So that could be a reminder of a past life, some kind of memory triggered. And, uh, 
something to write down about and then maybe have a little journal, a little pad to write down where it happened and what kind of feelings it involved. And then later on to ask yourself, because you can hear, we have conversations with ourselves all the time. So ask your inner voice or your higher self or your intuition, you, whatever you want to call it, what was it all about? And just make notes. You will be able to tap to, to get the experience to the memory of it. So that would be the easiest, the most uh, available, available way to, to get into that memory. Okay. So everybody's available. Um, I imagine it takes a little practice, right? Like to even, like I find myself with my inner voice and I focus, like my 2022 goal was to work with my intuition. Um, and one of my coaches calls it the internal guidance system. And trying to sort through that to figure out what's the truth, because I also don't know my brain likes to play tricks on me. So I'm still learning how to navigate it. Um, so folks probably can practice to to sort through that. But what can you give an example of how this information that we do access becomes important for healing or for how it's relevant to addiction. Like I have some ideas, but I want to hear what you have to say. I, I will speak to, and then I'll talk, talk about addiction. Um, my interest in, in past life did not start from nowhere, even though the dream was there, even though Brian Wise was there, but it was all good, but it was the foundation. What really, um, put me on that path of exploring past life was my my uh, back pain i had i have chronic i had chronic back pain that i could not heal going to the doctors going to the chiropractors going to acupuncturists trying everything under the sun that was available besides surgery of course which i was not going to do and there was some improvement, but nothing helped. And I started exploring the possibility of this condition going back, starting not in this lifetime, but going back to other lifetimes. Mm. And this was the, that what moved me to exploration is the back pain, is the depression that it caused. And then I discovered that I had a few past lives. And one of them was in the medieval bubble when somebody stabbed me in the back. And then I had other lifetimes. So th that information helped me to deal with the pain. Knock on wood, I'm not, I don't have pain anymore. Occasionally I have, but it's not like it was before. The other condition that I've been searching to heal is the breathing problems. And then I found out that breathing stemmed from the lifetimes when I was burned more than once mm. at the stake. I was burned and there were other lifetimes when my lungs were compromised. 
So that gave me explanation this lifetime I'm dealing with with breathing issue because there were more than one lifetime I had uh, my lungs were compromised. So transferring this to addiction, I it is my belief, of course, no way to confirm that prior experiences and possibly including addiction or something traumatic that happened that lifetime, that people who are born today or in this life, they have no ability to deal with this memory besides numbing the pain with alcohol or drugs or any other addiction, that they are finding ways to comfort themselves. My comfort started when I started going to school, not elementary or junior high, of course, but when I started searching for my spiritual development. That was my way of dealing with whatever I needed to deal with. So you can say that I'm addicted too, because I'm constantly studying. I'm a student junkie. I call myself a student junkie. Yes. I did that stuff. So we all have... Um, we all align ourselves with something. It's just a matter of channeling what you attracted to, to something more positive, something that will bring you not grief and sorrow, but enlightenment and expansion. I agree with you, even though you said you can't prove it or confirm it, but I agree that why we suffer from addiction is because of the past. Like that just keeps being a reoccurring theme. So what I'm curious about, and I don't even know if this is really explainable because there's in this lifetime, there's just stuff that seems to be blocked. Um, And then there's the past lifetimes. So like in your back example, how does now knowing the source of the pain help heal the pain can you can you connect the, those dots for me uh, of course we are born with cell memories cell c-e-l-l and this memory is from the past life experiences is again stored in our physical level in our physical body it's like when we're born we download the information we need to deal with in this lifetime And that back pain was downloaded in me. That, not the back pain, but experiences that I had breaking my hip or other things that led to back pain. They were, the pain was triggered by the life circumstance. And an ability to heal led me to my spiritual development and spiritual development led me to heal. So my back is still there. It's just the sensation, the pain that I had before is not there. So the cell memory was healed. If if I'm making any sense to you. I, I think I understand what you're saying because I understand a few things about cells, like they regenerate, right? So it's like once we know about something, when something comes to our 
conscious awareness, this issue is already on the way of being solved. Mm, okay. When it's in some conscious level, that's different. Then we, it, it could be anything. If you walk and somebody does not say hello to you and you take it or will take it personally. But when we understand that if this person did not say hello, maybe something's going on in his life. Maybe he's upset. Maybe he had an argument or somebody hurt themselves in his life. And it's not about you or not about me. It's about him. Then we don't have to get upset over it. Does yeah. it make sense? So it does. Understanding what we, it's not about like in this case, not about me or not about you. It's about them. It's what they go through. The same is once I knew, I knew that my back pain, my, my body suffered through so many lifetimes, through different experiences, and I was born with memory of those experiences, that kind of lift, lifted the need for me to feel back pain in a way. It was healed. Okay. It's quite interesting. And it's it gives me hope too, because pills and drugs and all those things are not the solution to everything. So I I'm really intrigued when it's something that is is just a matter of, of study and, and applying our mind and being open minded and, and receiving and touching base with our higher self. And paying attention to the body. Paying attention. So did and you have when deja vu comes, I just when the deja vu comes and taking a little note about the deja vu experience or any anything else, it could be our goosebump, it's like a GPS in the body. Goosebump gives you, gives me the information. It's like a validation. It's your body says yes, it's true. So if if we get goosebumps over something, pay attention what it is. What is it all about? And then take a little notation over it. And maybe in a week, a month later, just go back to those notes. Because by then, once we become aware of something, some other information comes in. And maybe you will be able to, it's like untangling the... Okay, putting together the puzzle pieces. You're getting the information. And then mm-hmm. once the puzzle is complete, it's, it doesn't feel like that void or that ache. It's, it's, yeah. Am I on the right path? Yes, the only thing that the puzzle is never complete until we check. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I won't rush that on anyone. <laughs> yes, please don't. Um, so I just this is a little off off topic, but it sounds like a lot of your your soul has been through a lot of tragedy and ailment. Do you have any good memories from past lives? Do I have any good memories from past lives? Well, one past life that came up for me um, was I personally did not remember any injuries to my body or I did not die. But it was the past life where my dog in this lifetime was my horse in that lifetime. And my horse died in my arms. This lifetime, he came to me as a puppy. 
he was looking very awkward as a dog. Very lo- awkward looking dog. And we always told him, I said, Pepper, you like a horse because his tail was like completely different from other dogs in my home. I even went to, we adopted him and he was three, three months old. And he and I, when I first took him for a checkup, I said, can you please cut his tail? Because he said, no, no, no. He said, it doesn't happen when they are three months old. It happened when they are born. So we had to live with his tail, but we did, I did not understand why. And then his legs were also different, just the whole thing. And then one time I had a group uh, regression. And in that group regression, the lady who facilitated it said, look at your feet, what do you see? I, I saw cowboy boots. I was in boots. And then, he, uh, and then she said, who is around you? Look at their eyes. And I see a horse near me. And I look at the eyes and I see Pepper's eyes. Uh... So I was a cowboy in that lifetime. No wonder I was so attracted to cacti. I love cactuses. And that's another story that I'll tell you if we have time. <laughs> so when he was nine months old, he started limping. And we did not know what was wrong with him. Took him to the doctor, said he has a hip dysplasia. He needs to have a surgery. So he had a surgery and he lived until 15. He lived with a plastic hip. Wow. But when I started writing about it, I found out that when he was my horse in that lifetime, he was during the shooting, he was shot in the hip. Uh, and he died from bleeding. And it was my contract with him to make sure that this lifetime he has the full life and I'm responsible for this life. So he came to me to fulfill our contract. Wow. Wow. I love animals. <clears throat> so I really love that story. And it, it makes sense to me. And it sounds like the gunshot wound is, is synonymous to some of these other experiences um, with the healing. So that helped me understand what you Mm -hmm. meant about the healing a little better. So how does one embark? Well, I have two questions. I want to know how someone goes on this, but first I want to know why is it important to you to tell your story and to share this with people? Well, first of all, it's important to me to tell the story, to get those stories out of my memory. I wanted to write them down when I write in, I was writing them. I did not think that I will be sharing with But as time went by and a few of my friends read the book and then they said, oh my God, when I was reading this, I remember what happened to me there. And I had this past life memory. And that something triggered when I was reading this and somebody else said something else. When I read it, it healed me. I felt that I, something lifted up me. Then I started to realize that my book is in a way, is like a public servant's announcement. Mm. By keeping this to myself, I'm not going to do any good to anybody, including myself. This is something, even though a lot of uh, personal information is shared in this book, I think that this is for people to get healed. Everybody will read and remember their own stuff. The book 
works as a trigger. Mm. That makes sense. So you have prompting questions in there. Okay. Yeah, I have questions. I have I have um suggestions about self-forgiveness, something that I learned at University of Santa Monica, very big on self-forgiveness. And I had a lot of chapters. I have 14 chapters, 14 lifetimes in this book that I covered. Wow. And I went through self-forgiveness through many of them because I needed to release that memory. And self-forgiveness is very key to healing memories. And you probably know this. Well, here's the thing. I'm very blessed to meet a lot of experts and a lot of people with very deep knowledge on their topics. I'm not an expert on those topics. So I seem to find, I attract the kind of people that are selling me the same message, but sometimes in different ways, which which is part of how my fundamental values and beliefs are shifting because I keep getting all this new information. So instead of me being a black and white person and saying, this is the way, because this is what I've learned so far, it's teaching me to just always be curious Mm -hmm. and and to hear. Um, And sometimes I have to hear it in different ways for my light bulbs to go off. And and I'm hoping that's what happens with, um, the listeners, like there was a man I met this last NPS that he's like, oh, well, you've already had a coach on there about meditation or, or something. Um, there was a lady that I spoke to that did Akashic records. Have you heard of mm-hmm. them? Oh, yes, of course. Well, I never knew what they were until I met her again at another mm-hmm. event. So I heard her stuff and now I'm hearing yours. It's not the same thing, but it also helps complement each other in my in mm-hmm. my mind. I mean, if you asked me five years ago, do I believe in reincarnation? I didn't have enough information to even make a decision. So I find this fascinating and anything that will heal, um, contribute to better quality of life for people. Mm-hmm. Let's spread the message. Like I'm Absolutely. on board. Well, let's, I'm all about promoting healing and being of service. And this book seems to be of service to those who read it because the information came from my mostly subconscious mind and it meets the reader on their subconscious mind. Mm. That's and it helps, it helps them to tap to their own memories, somehow trigger um, Something about self-forgiveness, um, something to what you said. Yes, everybody has different tools and different. And in, bo- in the book, when I was writing, I used many different tools because I was in many different schools. <laughs> so, <laughs> as I mentioned before, so I was able to pull from here, from here, from here. Self-forgiveness, well, you, you know about forgiveness. Forgive others but it's not about forgiving others as much as forgiving we all have forgiven ourselves i want to finish the sentence because we are filled with self-judgment yeah we all 
filled with self-judgments, with self-criticism, with self-doubts, with self, I can, the list goes on. So that self-forgiveness is really becoming, it's like you open a bottle or you open the tube and the, so let the air come in. We're all clogged by the judgments and self-judgments. Self-forgiveness, and this is not something that came to me overnight or during the first year or second year at USM. It took years. I was saying those words, but they did not mean anything to me until one day I was laying down in my bedroom. I could not get up because of the back pain. I had to miss my work. Could not go to work and get up because of the back pain. And the book of Sylvia Brown came to my mind. And I started and I said, where did back pain coming from? That's how I found out. And, uh, and I thought, uh, read the book. So I looked at the end of the book. Sylvia Brown has a, had a book, uh, Past Lives, Future Healing. And in this book, in the last chapter, she has the instructions how to do it yourself. And I started doing myself, and this is where I found out other information because I found out that I was a Maya girl, and I was carrying a wood. And this is where one of the lifetimes when my back was hurt. And then I started going through self-forgiveness, something that was before was automatic, but finally it came the moment because I knew how to use it that I had a relief and eventually my back pain uh, started feeling, I was feeling less and less pain. I was able to go to work in a couple of days. But why, it's, why do you think we deserve to be forgiven? It's not about deserving. We, not only we deserve to be forgiven, we the society put so many constrictions on us that we started to believe that we are not deserving. It's not us. There is, for us, there's nothing to be blamed for. We just are raised with this kind of um, beliefs that we need to be forgiven or not to be forgiven. No. I, I was being a little snarky in my question because I think... I think self-forgiveness is the hardest of all forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be that difficult in my opinion. Um, And I want everybody to know that they are entitled and that this is good work, whether it's past lives or any self-forgiveness. Yes. It's even if you're, cannot fall asleep in the middle of the night. Forgive yourself. I forgive myself for, uh, for inability to fall asleep. If you just repeat those words a few times, you will be able to release something inside of your subconscious and you will be able to fall asleep. I forgive myself for judging myself for inability to fall asleep. There's something that's going on in our mind when we, can, we cannot sleep. There is a train of thought going on and usually not the positive one. That makes sense. So Ella, do you work with people to do this? Like has the book, 
has the book expanded? Like, what does that look like other than the book for, for helping folks? I do help people in a way of tapping into their subconscious through reading their oracle, through reading oracle cards. I'm an oracle card reader and I read, um, I help people to either tap into their past life through oracle cards or to see what they would like to know through just, uh, just reading their cards. And that's how I found this to be the most rewarding and the most fun and the most inspiring for people who I read for and for myself as well. It's very lighthearted. It's very, uh, it's visible. People can see the cards and can relate and, and there is exchange of information. People look at the cards and what I look, what I see in the card and what you see in the card, there are two different things. Mm. looking at the same picture. That's interesting. How, how long have you been studying this, this, the spirituality and the past lives? Like how long has that gamut been for you? Well, spirit, spiritual psychology, I've been studying, I've been a student of spiritual psychology for the last 22, 23 years this year. Wow. And, uh, and I, before that, I was, uh, I'm was i a certified hypnotherapist, and I'm also a marriage, uh, licensed marriage and family therapist. Okay. Good. So your career is, is kind of has um, some cohesion to it. So my, my question is, are you finding that people are more open-minded nowadays than maybe 10 years ago or 20 years ago? Like, does that look any different? I see that people are more open to not only to spiritual spirituality, uh, but even to the ideas of past lives. And uh, there are certain podcasts that I listened to that three, four years ago, he would not even, it would not even be a topic of conversation, past lives. However, as of late, he talks about past lives and he says, I was listening to near death experience videos or past life. And so it's definitely um, penetrating this uh, consciousness of people on a many different level. That's awesome. Do you mind sharing what you want your next book to look like? I love the idea of what you have and how this includes your audience so can you talk a little about like what you'd like to capture next? What I would like, thank you for asking me this question, Bobby. I would, I was, what I thought I was given this information that people who would read my book and have their memories triggered and remember something, I would like to interview those people and write down their experiences in my next book. Mm. This is very interesting because each of them will have something, something different. Or even if two of us were burned at the stake, somebody else that I know people who were, it's still our memory are different. 
I was that person, somebody else was another person. But the healing happened once I my one of my teachers said, once one person heals an issue, the whole humanity is going up. So we kind of healing not only for ourselves, we heal healing for the collective. I love that. And imagine how many people will be able to lift the consciousness of the humanity. I can see that. And I I believe that as well. And I just think that some of that healing, just the process of what you're talking about, sharing the stories will be healing in its own way. Like it, it sounds like the person would read the book, do their own work, but then even get like a maximum benefit out of working with you in the future. So um, is there anything out of that I'm not diving into that you wanted to share in regards to this or to addiction or anything, really? The floor is the floor is yours. What I would like to share with people is that we all have the opportunity to be different tomorrow than we are yesterday or today. We all have the opportunity to learn and grow and be inspiration to others. Each of us have their own vision in whatever, and we have this vision for ourselves, for our families, and for people at large. I would like everybody who listens to this program to take this information to heart and explore about yourself. I think that's the most rewarding that you can do. And that's going to be a gift not only for you, but for your family and for the future. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's worth the effort to to be curious and to investigate. And um, our lives can always get better, right? Yes. Yeah, it's we all striving to make our lives better and especially better for our children and future generations. One more thing I want to add is that something that I learned, we are not, and this is something that they adopted as my own, that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings living through human experience. We're all spirits and our soul travels from one place to another. And here we are today talking with each other and you guys listening to our conversation. Someone once explained it to me like our body is um, like the shell carrying us around. Like it's it's just the vehicle, um, Mm -hmm. which is, that's pretty fascinating. The whole thing is the whole concept of, of spirituality, of intuition, of um, higher power, of biology. Like there's so many things that are amazing. I'm, I'm in the middle of a um, alcohol-free class that I go and, and the teacher brought up the energy fields. There's some T word, but you know how we cross energy fields and, and either I'm only surrounding myself with people who are curious too, or people are getting more curious which is is part of why I'm asking because uh, it doesn't feel like it's um, inappropriate to have these conversations. It feels very comfortable to me. Not only it's inappropriate, it's so needed because Mm -hmm. this conversation can lead to opening 
people's minds and giving them a possibility of healing, whether it's an addiction, whether it's a relationship, whether it's physical condition, it doesn't matter. We all are here to heal and to love. And that is, that is my mission. And I see that it's your mission as well yeah. to help people in different ways to heal. It's what we need. So where can people find the Turning the Pages book? Well, Turning the Pages in the most famous place on earth, which is the Amazon. <laughs> the most famous place in work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. That's great. Well, it's been a real pleasure letting me um, speak to you and get inquisitive. And yeah, I just really appreciate you being here and, and sharing your experience with everyone. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for giving me a platform, a floor to express, to share what I know, what I believe in, and what I know. I love so it. I really, it was a joy. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. If you're not my-